Hello and welcome to Relationship Talk, the podcast hosted by Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach. Now, each episode, we bring you an inspiring guest to help you find a deeper understanding of yourself, to set yourself up for dating, relationship, self-love and self-empowerment success. So enjoy, take notes and get ready to apply all key messages you learn today. Hello and welcome to Real Relationship Talk, the podcast hosted by yours truly, Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach, where we have open, non-judgmental, heart-to-heart conversations about love, self-love, self-care, dating and relationships. And for this week's episode, we are being joined by Anka Lohman. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, myself. <laughs> too because we are going to be delving into communication body language all of the juicy stuff that I know people want to hear so before we actually delve into it let's share this bit more about who you are and what you do Anka is a versatile and passionate professional who approaches understanding the human being in a unique and profound way she sees the person and teaches others to view the individual from a holistic perspective by recognising the meaning behind body language, external characteristics and word choice. This information helps you to see what lies beneath the surface of individuals, such as how they truly feel, what they think, what their personality is and what motivates them. As a senior communication trainer and leadership coach, Anka has distinguished herself by helping others apply these profound insights in their professional and personal relationships. Her approach goes beyond superficial communication. She believes in the importance of hearing what is not being said, as the wise Peter Drucker once noted. Anka understands that communication is more than just words. It encompasses the rich world of nonverbal signals and unconscious decision-making. And in 2019, she developed the face, body and mind method, which is a holistic system that combines body language, appearance, language and mindset to gain a deep understanding of others. Oh, I would love to know more about that. With this method, she can not only decipher the surface of emotions, but also grasp the core of personality traits and motivations. Anka is dedicated to sharing this valuable knowledge and helping others enhance their ability to understand people from a holistic perspective. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm just doing my hands in a circle right now because I can, when I would say it's 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 there, you know, the holistic perspective, communication, it is a quite a broad subject in terms of mm-hmm. when you think about communication. However, the way that you have broken it down there doesn't make it feel so broad. It makes it feel very specific. So oh. would you... Please, please, you're so welcome. Would you kindly share with us a bit more about your journey and what led you to doing what you do now? Well, I would love to. Um, I think it's a long time ago. So like this story is, I'm going to only dive into the highlights or else we're going to be here for three (laughs) hours and only listening to my life story. Um, But I think that that, uh, uh, one of the biggest trigger points was 
when I was for my first year a teacher. So uh, it feels almost like a decade ago, like in another lifetime, I was a teacher for kids with special needs and behavior problems. And my first year, well, didn't really went that well. So there were chairs going through the through the classroom. Um, kids just, and I, I think that that made me feel heartbroken. Uh, the the behavior that they showed was mainly because they didn't feel safe enough or mm. maybe even seen enough. So uh, one of those moments, I went to a colleague and she was a teacher and she still is, by the way. She's amazing. Um, she teached teach the class and there was this warm and safe and gentle environment. And of course, these kids have their problems. So it's not that nothing ever happened in her class but she just managed this class in such a beautiful way and then when I um, asked her because I wanted to learn that too she just said I just I don't really know I just see it I see when I have to uh, interfere or when I have to handle something it's just it's just experience you're gonna learn it too and that was kind of a big trigger because I was thinking I don't want to wait for more than 15 years to create a safe haven for these kids. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest trigger. So so she could see patterns that I couldn't. Um, and I think maybe even in, 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 in my first year as a teacher, but at least it was at, at, the, at second, there was this big sign of how to read people. And I was like, wow, so somebody has thought about how you can read people and maybe see what she does. So I went into this course and this was face reading. So that was something else than body language. Mm. Uh, face reading, you will look at people's uh, structure, bone structure, uh, the clothes that they're wearing, the way they move, but you look more, um, uh, uh, Chinese face reading is uh, one of the things I'm a master in. And they even look at health, you could read in a face. So when I started with that course, and that was only one day in a in a in 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 the place where I live, and I was just hooked. I was like, "Wow, is this possible?" And also very skeptical, by the way. Is this really true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I started um, with that course, and then uh, enrolled a lot of courses around the world about face reading, uh, but also discovered in that journey that only reading faces based on face reading um, is uh, um, it's amazing when you coach people but it's also when you talk to people um, not the best tool because people have feelings mm -hmm. so even in this conversation we switch while we're talking we constantly switch in our feelings and our thoughts mm -hmm. and so I discovered the law for body language and added that uh, to my skills. So I studied body language, became a body language uh, teacher. And um, eventually in that uh, path, I also did NLP, that's Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, Tony Robbins is a big name in that field. Um, so, and then I thought, yes, now I got it. Now I got the face. <laughs> I got the body and I got the mind. Yes. <laughs> and and the 
um, there are a lot of people who teach body language uh, and even face reading uh, and communication, I think, all, all over the world. I think the difference is that I really want to use it to um, to help people impact others um, and to um, influence them positively. So it's not to gain your own um uh, like because uh, if you know if you got the skills that I have, you could use it also for things that mainly gain things for you. Yes. Uh, so that's kind of my. So that's why I work a lot with teachers, coaches, um, um, even sales. But then these salespeople they want to s- uh, sell uh, 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 from a place of connection. So, um, but I think that's. That's kind of what my journey was. And eventually I started with one training because I thought, this is cool. I can teach other people this. And then uh, um, uh, going further, uh, quitting my job because I was just <laughs> almost to a burnout of having too much work and had to make a choice between uh, being a teacher for a class or being a teacher for um, well, teachers and businesses. And then... I loved the last part uh, because um, um, well, it's a little bit heal the world, heal the world feeling. Oh, <laughs> I want to make a difference in this world. And then I had I, Michael and, Jackson come to my head when you oh, were saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so I really want to make a difference in this world. So if I can teach the teachers and give them the tools um, and teach uh, people who work with, especially pe- with people who are um, – more fragile um I, I can make an impact through them by helping them to look further than the the, the length of your nose yeah <laughs> that's a dutch yeah. that's a dutch expression by the <laughs> way i don't know if you guys got that one <laughs> i was going to ask you more about that because now that oh, no, no, body, yeah. the body language screen i was thinking you know, if somebody touches your nose what, what touches their nose could that be a a sign of something who knows like um, um, what you see in body language, the main thing that you can see is relaxation and tension. And when we start touching our nose, it is a sign of tension. A lot of the times it is that we want to be like, you, a kid would do this. Uh-huh. But we have learned that that's not really smart <laughs> in a conversation. So we do things like this. Or mm. this. So yeah. you, you are withdrawing uh, some information that you don't want to share at that moment. It, by the way, it doesn't mean you're lying. Context is cue. Because a lot of people say t- if somebody touches their yes. nose, they're they they lying. No, that's not true. You only see tension. And you could sh- show also should sh- could show tension when you are afraid that somebody thinks you're lying. So, yeah. That's Thank that. you for that, share. And it's really, you know, really interested in the way that you started on your profession and your road from being in the environment where there's children with some special educational needs or special needs and how that kind of inspired you then to talk to the other teacher and to find out more about that and that really resonates with me because my daughter has special educational needs and special needs herself so I know so much more about communication because she's currently pre-verbal too so we mm. don't use words. Well, I express words, but she doesn't repeat the words back to me. So it's all the other cues that I pick up on in terms of the nonverbal cues that are so powerful when it comes to the relationship that I have with her. 
Mm. When you were talking there, were you actually describing your face, body, mind method, or is that completely different to what you were sharing there? Well, I think I think eventually with all what I learned, I made um, I cherry picks uh-huh. the best things out of it, and I use that in one method. Yeah, so that's where uh, uh, body language, but also language patterns, um, the face reading. Micro expression, well, the the most, I think, like there are so many amazing tools to read people, mm-hmm. um, but everybody is on their own island. Yeah. Uh, w- one of the things I love is synergy to work with other people who know of, or have skills that I don't, because I mm-hmm. think then that, that, that's kind of my holistic um, need, maybe even, mm-hmm. is to combine these things. Because um, being a body language expert or even a face reader, uh, the biggest challenge is not to to get judgmental, to judge the thing you see. It, there are all more, always more uh, factors in play to understand somebody uh, better or uh, to get, even help them in expressing themselves. Yeah. When I was reading your your bio and the work that you do you mentioned superficial communication now i'm very curious what does superficial communication look like to me um um i can give you a metaphor is that okay yeah okay like uh our brain uh you can divide our brain in conscious and unconscious uh parts Mm-hmm. Um, our unconscious brain determines, uh, well, scientists, like neuroscientists, sorry for my English sometimes, are um, not all on the same uh, uh, page. So some say 90% and other ones say 97%. Oh. But still, that's like, okay. so between the 90 and 97%, your unconscious brain decides um, how you will react or even what choices you make. So that's like major. And uh, I like to use the metaphor of big, huge elephant. And you, your conscious brain is the driver on the elephant. It sits on the elephant. It has the reins Mm -hmm. and it tries to, to steer it around the, 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 I don't know, the woods. Mm -hmm. And then the driver, they think, they have a lot of control. Mm-hmm. They think they know what's happening, but then when the elephant sees a mouse <laughs> and plans to run away, the driver is just sitting there and just ah, and just has to sit it out. Um, the elephant is where that's unconscious brain. Um, if you like um, knowledge, Google Kahneman. He he is the master in this in yeah. this subject. Um, so the elephant. Um, has all the emotions, memories, um, but also all the reflexes, intuition, instincts. Um, but what we do in daily life is that when we meet somebody, to me, superficial communication is when we we would meet, mm-hmm. like you, like the first, the cool thing is, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But uh, my examples is that when we meet, the first thing we like the drivers don't meet, the elephants meet. We start sniffing at each other instead mm-hmm. of the drivers. But the drivers think they are going to manage 
the contact and they are going to uh, talk. But if the drivers would only talk to each other, to me, that's superficial because then you are only talking about what is literally said or what is um, you judge people for how they react or um, you judge people um, for, well, whatever. But if you would go a layer deeper mm. uh, to being less superficial, you will not only listen to the driver, but you also will take notes what's happening with the elephant. What mm. does the person really feel or really mean with what they say, what they're not saying? So to me, maybe this is a little, uh, um, I hope it clarifies it. This, um, um, but to me, superficial communication is not tapping into somebody else's elephant. So that means not tapping into somebody's motives or emotions, or it's just that it's very flat. Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes absolute sense to me. Oh. And I'm a very visual person too. So when oh. you were talking, when you were talking that I was literally seeing that and know how that could, because when you think about the size, the grand size of an elephant as well, there's a lot that you could tap into that you could potentially miss. If yeah. you're just the driver on that elephant, there's so much to unpack of that elephant too. How do we unpack it? Now, how do we connect with the elephant so that we can have those effective communications? Well, I think the first first thing you have to do is to recognize that the elephants are there. And that um, sounds so easy, but mm. in communication, it's not. Um, and uh, a lot of the times we acknowledge our own elephants, but then mm. we forget to acknowledge the elephant of somebody else. So we feel all these things and we judge the driver for not driving their elephant accurately, <laughs> no, equipedly, uh that they are bad drivers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they are bad drivers. Um, so I think it starts with um, one of the things you can use is body language, but also use mm. listening to what somebody really says and not what they literally say. Mm. Um, but body language is a main factor in it because if you're talking to a driver and they say, uh, I am okay, but then uh, if you would look at their elephant and it's shaking, sitting on his bum and just doesn't know where to go then you can you can think you can say okay yeah you're okay or just ask a few questions more because you see his elephant or her elephant shivering so that's yeah yeah I love that for anybody who's kind of like jumping in on the podcast and thinking (laughs) (laughs) what elephants mice There is contact. Make sure that you listen to it. There is definitely context here. So make sure that you are listening for, to the full episode because that's a really helpful share. And I'm finding that very helpful in the way that you are describing it. So you've spoken about body language. If that's one of the ways that we can tap into, because when we can actually develop and nurture the body language, I would say that can foster healthier connections and relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So what would you say are some of the common red flags and green flags i would say when it comes to body language well i did a big research for you today (laughs) going tapping into um dating one of the things i before we do that i would like to address is when you date there are several types you can date Mm -hmm. so 
um, and, and body language, that's important because if you would date an introvert or an extrovert, mm-hmm. um, that would make de- a, a difference in how they show their body language. Uh-huh. So that's so first of that disclaimer, there's a little mm-hmm. disclaimer because an extrovert, for example, you can recognize them uh, because they talk a lot with their hands, they're very expressive, they touch you, they smile at you. What some people even can um, mistake as flirting, mm-hmm. but then they do it with. So it's important to see if somebody uh, does that with everybody or only you. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, the pattern. Yeah. The pattern. Oh. Yes, the pattern. And an introvert would downsize the whole body language story. So it's still there, but they will be uh, much more or less obvious. Um, for a lot of people, it's easier to date an extrovert extrovert in sense of I understand your signals mm. than when you would date an introvert. If you would um, consider um, uh, creating a relationship, uh, a lot of the times it's kind of, uh, it's not like um, a rule, but you see in a lot of relationships, you see somebody who's a little bit more introverted and the other one is a little bit more extroverted. So it's kind of a, also opposite attract. Um, but so for, for so for the body language, what I'm going to explain, keep in mind that an extra, extrovert will show much more of it than an introvert. Mm, okay. Yeah. Excited yeah. to hear. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Me too. Oh, exciting to share. Let's do, let's do this. I got a whole list. <laughs> well, one of the um, um, maybe even scary things is that when we meet each other, like when we, when well, let's talk about unconscious brain. When our elephants meet each other, mm-hmm. 0.2 seconds, they already have a judgment or a, an image uh, of the other person, like zero point two seconds. Wow. Yeah, I know. It I thought it was so, like three like, seconds, but it's even less than that. Yes. Well, oh. and there are also people who say seven seconds, but oh. then it's like, it's like it's it's just goes really really fast, and yes. that's because our elephant, our unconscious brain, can do about uh, eight hundred pages of information, uh, and our driver can only do like 12 words in the same time. So the 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 the, the way you can um, uh, uh, work with your information is very, the, 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 the speed, it's just, the difference is huge. So when you meet, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to oh. ask you, is, is that because the elephant? <laughs> in terms, you have to make sure you've got the context here, the elephant, no, the subconscious mind is it working that fast to keep us safe is that why it analyzes things so quickly yes and that's why all the the emotions but also memories Mm. are in the elephant you store them up through all your life and so when uh, you meet somebody new or and well in in every set situation it's it assesses uh what is important and what is not and then the most important things it shares with the driver. Yeah. Oh, okay. Brilliant. That's yeah. great. <gasps> so for if you want to start on a date, I think what, what would be interesting is those first seconds. Be very conscious uh, about how you feel 
because uh, your elephant just already is, has, has made an assessment. Mm. Uh, there has to be, um, um, you have to be careful uh, also with this because uh, your elephant is not always right. So sometimes um, when we call this bias, I don't know if you know what a bias is. Bias, um, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it will judge uh, yeah. based on memories what do not apply on the dating uh, event. Mm -hmm. But uh, what, what you could do is what I love is, especially when you go on a first date, I don't know how you do it in England, but in the Netherlands, you give each other a hand to say your name and pronounce your, get to know each other. Is that something you do too? Not so much. Explain a bit more oh. about that. So just, mm. is that only when you're face-to-face -face in person? You would... Yeah, so we introduce yourself is that what you're referring yeah. to well yeah. with, with the people that i meet just generally in life that would be a, an introduction like when you're networking hi I'm, I'm teresha is that what you're referring to in terms of no no what you... i literally mean this handshake oh richie not oh hmm. it, i think it mm. depends upon the environment if that is just a typical cultural thing i wouldn't say it's a typical cultural thing here from my experience i am very much open to people coming in and sharing their thoughts on it but sometimes it might be an embrace and particularly when we had covid it wasn't too much it was more of a mm. hi how are you doing so i think it's all about the environment really yeah well i think it, it all almost goes to a hug too or even kisses uh -huh. like, but if you will meet somebody like touch is one of the most important things in dating. Um, yeah. We even know that if we touch people, uh, people will um, have um, higher feelings of sympathy for us. There was, there was this, um, this uh, investigation that uh, a lady at a shop where you pay your money, so she, they did the first few people. She gave the money back without touching, and then the second round, she gave the people the money back with touching consciously their hands. And the second group rated her, her up more sympathetic than the first group. So touch is um, mm. very important. But when you go to the first impression and you would yes. mean somebody with a handshake, well, if if that's something you do in your culture, we do that. We give a handshake and we say hi. I'm Anka. We tend to, uh, but, I, mean, I would say that we tend to, we tend to do that. We have to read the room and the person. Um, oh. And I also heard about a handshake that it's important to do the web to web in terms of that, like. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but if you go on a first date, green flags, if somebody gives a good handshake, that's yeah. a big green flag. Because if they give us like, a, uh, especially when you would be a man and you shake uh, 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 how do you call it? I I, I call it a booger cloth. I think it's so <laughs> like a wet flannel. Yeah, yeah, like a wet flannel handshake. <laughs> yeah, but the handshake you can get a lot of information out of that. Mm -hmm. But even a hug, how do they hug you? Yes. Do they do it very fast, very briefly? If they take time to hug you or um, um, give the, the, the hug that you like, that's a green flag. That's mm -hmm. a good sign. Okay. Even though that's very basic. Okay. So just from, I guess, my 
my knowledge, it might be more of a hug that somebody would receive when you're meeting someone for the first time. So they probably had a little bit of communication on a dating app or whatever it is. And the first date, they probably could have known each other a little bit by written communication or telephone call, whatever it is. They would probably go in for a hug. So it's really important that you assess the quality of that hug. Yeah, be very be mindful about what happens and what happens in your body. And it also brings us, and, and, and if you like, I'm going to mix up every every tip I got now. So it's going to be <laughs> chaos, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, if you, if then, if you are hugging, always be, also be very conscious about smell because we tend to choose people more based on smell. And that's also uh, um, body language. Body mm-hmm. language, it's not only how we move, it's also your voice, it's also how you, you, you dress. Um, mm-hmm. But also how you smell, how your voice sounds, the depth of it. Okay. So if you, like there there was a, I found it because I was p- preparing for uh, this podcast, yeah. especially about relationships. And I knew uh, the thing about smell, but I found there is a dating site. And then you have to wear for three days the same t-shirt. <laughs> Send it in. Yeah, I, was, I thought this is so funny. Send it in and they cut it up in little pieces and mail it to several people who are single too, and you choose your date based on the smell. Lovely. How funny is that? <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Let's do this in winter and not summertime, okay? <laughs> Might get a different odor. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, wow. the idea behind it is is that we um, um, you smell the pheromones, and we select people based on the pheromones if they are if they have a, a healthy, complementary uh, um, genetic makeup for us, we tend to choose them because then we go very back to the old days from dragging, being dragged to the caves. But um, um, it creates healthy kids when you have somebody who gets that. Yeah. Yeah. And you do that on smell. That's really yeah. making sense because... When you think about a newborn and they talk about the smell, when they smell the mum, oh, oh, yeah. you know, and it's really important. I remember when my daughter was born, I was like, I'm not wearing any perfume. I'm not wearing anything scented because I really want her to smell me, you know, and to, <laughs> and to connect with the raw me. So I, I totally get that you know, in terms of the smell. Could there be the flip side to that? Because we know that when it comes to women, our oxytocin levels can increase quite significantly and I'm just wondering for example if you if you smell somebody and you really fall in love with that smell at a biological level could you then for just really fall for that person without actually having enough assessment as to whether it's lust or love like you could just really become like really infatuated with that person could there be that angle well I think it's the smell is more about lust than love Mm. Um, love takes a little bit more than smell um, so it's more about the bio- biochemical yeah. uh, things that happen in your body and the, the, the thing is that we wear perf- perfumes yeah. so yes. we masquerade our own body smell mm. so it's really hard to sniff your partner out of the date <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm but just I, thinking about what you would say yeah. can, I sniff your, can I sniff your armpit before we move forward <laughs> Yes, preferable 
preferable within seven minutes. Yeah, before we met, exactly. <laughs> I just need to make a judgment call. No, you are not the one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it is a red flag. So kind mm-hmm. of now going to Queen and um, yeah. to the red. But um, if if you do not like the smell of somebody, it's not that that person is not uh, uh, nice or friendly or it's just the chance that you will fall in love with that person or uh, want to have well sex with them yeah. is yeah. is kind of very slim it's also interesting for yourself if you go on a date how do i smell it's um yeah exactly everything you're sharing here is also a two-way thing like for example, you might be evaluating somebody, but somebody else is doing that same evaluation process too. So how do I smell? And just for clarity, that's at a very natural level. We're not talking about fragrance here. We're just talking about you freshened up or or, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and be you. Like, it would be very confusing if you use a smell for the dates and then just totally change the next one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I only use the expensive perfume for the first date. The second date is not <laughs> yes, yes. Now you're in now. <laughs> yeah, you're in now. I'll go back to basics. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's love that share. What else have um, you got? Yeah, well, uh one of the things I truly like in uh green flags there are a lot of very obvious green flags. Smiling, uh, uh nodding, uh all these things, but I think the the biggest um green flag is when you how you can recognize that somebody likes you is when they light up you can see it when somebody lights up you can see it in the eyes they 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 like lighting up literally means in body language up well, everything goes up your corners of your eyes uh sorry mouth <laughs> and your body like if, the, if you go up you go up and mm. open that's when somebody lights up. And what I truly love with that is the eyebrow eyebrow flash. Like that's that's uh that's this one. How does that work? Oh, okay. Up, up, up. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and to do it do it with reason. You don't want to be doing that all throughout the date though. No, no, you don't. Yeah, but, but that's a natural thing expression, that... isn't it? It's a natural thing. Yeah. But we, a lot of the times you look at the eyes and then forget to, to look at yeah. the eyebrows. And, and the eyebrows, they uh, we do not have that, like, when they go up, if I talk with somebody and they do this while I'm talking, while listening, I know they are interested. It is like, oh, I like this. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of an eyebrow smile. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that um, because it's much easier to see. It's more visible because you hear things about people's pupils dilating and yeah. all of those kind yeah. of things that's really hard to assess though isn't it mm-hmm. unless you're really yeah. staring somebody out it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah something like the eyebrows is much more visible for you to be able to take that cue and say oh i've piqued their interest or curiosity yeah. there and then uh, with the with the with the with the pupils mm-hmm. that's totally true um but then just trust your elephant because your elephant will notice this change even without your driver being there very consciously about, but the eyebrows, it, like you can, like you, you can use that very easily. It's a very easy big tell. You only have to be careful with because uh, they also can do it when they are surprised. 
for example. It's like then, but then it's more. Uh, like, there's the, more. The, 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 yeah, yeah, there's more on that face. Yeah. So there, you have all, all like body language. The biggest thing in body language is seeing everything in context. Mm. Um, and the most interesting, interesting things. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, is when somebody changes in their body language. Like if somebody, uh, for example, a lot of people say when somebody is with their arms crossed, you are a very closed off person. Yeah. Um, for example, for an introvert, um, uh, yes, they are maybe a little bit closed off, so they protect themselves to not get overloaded maybe by the a lot of the people in a cafe or whatever. So there are many things who come in this equation. Um, but um, so if somebody would stand like this all the time, um, it gets interesting when they change. Uh-huh. And that's the same in a date. So if you are in a date and you're talking with somebody, it gets interesting. And you know there's a shift within when they change their body language. That's the moment that something happening. Um, so the eyebrow flash. <laughs> eyebrow, yes, exactly. And yeah. no, no manipulation here. Do not be going and drawing your eyebrows on so they're permanently up. There's... <laughs> permanently surprised or permanently (laughs) uplifted it really and that's great because this is also self-awareness for the person like are we being closed in terms of our body language too you know how we position ourselves when we are out on the date so that is a great cue so that that self-awareness and also people know what they're looking for in another person Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i would never and by the way i would never advise to go into a conversation and sit like this if you feel like you have to protect yourself for all the energy, um, choose your dating scene wisely. Choose a spot where you do not get overwhelmed with all the other stuff that's going on. I, I would advise that. I would not advise to sit like that. It helps, but I wouldn't advise it. Yeah. yeah. And for just for the people who are listening on audio, Anka was just folding oh, yeah. arms. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, got on, we got this on um, video and we also got it on audio so uncle was just folding her arms really crossed so that yeah. you know he wouldn't be advising you to go into the dating experience like that mm-hmm. yeah um one other green flag is to do or to receive is leaning in if somebody is talking with you and they tend to go to you um again with a with a with a, with a, a a friendly face because if we get really angry we can lean in too but i mean like we're talking about green flags so leaning in it's just and it's a little shift um in my teachings a lot of the times i let people feel the difference of just standing on your feet Mm. very very steely and then just tend a little bit more pressure on the or side of your feet on your toes and then you will feel the energy shifting uh-huh. and if you just stand straight and then put more the weight on the back of your heels you feel that you will withdraw okay. and it's it's just a little uh, little movement but mm-hmm. if you tend to have a little more leaning in the other person will feel more hurt more seen engaged and that that works again it Everything in body language works two ways. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. So okay. I would definitely advise that as a green flag. And it's maybe a basic one, but. Um, and uh, one of- if they're leaning in, you do the same. You mirror, do you? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Okay. That will be. 
if you like them, I would. I would. Yes. <laughs> if you if, disclaimer, if you like them, lean into. <laughs> if not, give the opposite body language. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can still be polite, but of if, course, how yeah. much? <laughs> how much? How more you're gonna mirror them? How more they feel that there is this connection? Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So mirroring is a big part of, I think, of dating life communication yeah yeah um what i also like uh, like is that um I, I hope i can explain this in words without the, the image but it is when we talk to people there are three zones we use okay. to look at so you got this zone it's from your nose it starts yeah. at the, the bottom of your nose and goes in a triangle oh sorry i'm, I'm um uh, yes um it goes in a triangle up to your eyes. It's more okay. the eye zone. We call it the eye zone. Then there is the zone of the forehead and the eyes. Okay. And then there is the eyes and then just to your toes. toes. That's the okay. zone like this, like yeah. all the way down. If we are flirting with people, we tend, well, we tend, we do, what we do is we look at the eyes, but also look at the mouth. While they're talking it's not that you're going to focus on it like uh, you're going to go into a box fight <laughs> yeah but while while talking your eyes will go flipping subtile subtle yeah. um, from the eyes to the mouth if we meet somebody for the first time and we don't feel this is we call this um this part from the uh, from the eyes till the mouth we call that friend zone um the eyes and the forehead looking at the eyes and the forehead is more a business zone. Uh, okay. I don't know you yet. Yes. And then the eyes uh, till like till your toes, but a lot of the times till the the top of your, how do you call this in English? Chest. Chest. Yes. Yeah. From the top to the chest, that's your intimate zone. Mm. So if you talk with people, yeah, this is a really good uh, life hack, this one. So mm. if you talk with people and they are starting to look in your eyes, but also look, sometimes look at your mouth, you know they like you. Ooh. It could be be friendly. It could be it could be a starting of a uh, of, of a butterflies in your stomach. But uh, even with friends, we do this. So we look at the eyes and the mouth. Yeah. If you would look from the eyes and only the forehead, mm. somebody is not uh, making the connection. Sure. I think that this is this is a. It's not that they're not friendly, um, yeah. but they don't do not make the. Like the elephants are not, the, the trunks are not connecting at mm -hmm. that moment. Yeah. Um, if you go all the way down, they are sexual in, uh, a lot of the times checking you out. Yeah. Wow. I love that visual. And this is all unconscious. This is just what people are tending to do. Okay. Brilliant. I think that that is such a good, so you could probably see if you're being friend zoned yeah. <laughs> by, yeah. by the oh, way. No. <laughs> You can be like, okay, we're like 10 minutes in, I'm on a ready friend zone. So I would though, like, talking about that, it may take some time to move from different zones. So for example, let's say you're on a date with somebody and it's two hours that you're on that date. I guess it will be a case of gradually maybe see, because you might start off in that area, for example, and then you might see it change. Is that possible? Yeah, a lot of the times we start at the business zone, yeah. the upper side of the face. 
and then uh, go downwards. Yeah, if you like a person. Some people do that really fast because, again, uh, 0.2 seconds, we make our first impression. And, oh, well, let's say seven seconds. Um, so that seven seconds, we make our first impression, but we also uh, decide in the seven seconds if we think we could mate with a person or not. So the it could go really fast, um, but uh, to women um, in general, I think this could also is a uh, could be a red flag mm-hmm. because if somebody's talking to you and keeps um, uh, going to the downsides of your body while talking, they are not really listening to you. So you have to be uh, mindful in their body language if they also address your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's okay if they they think. Uh, you are attractive or sexy. I think that's even very beautiful in a relationship. But be be mindful about when it's nice or when it starts to be a red flag. Mm, yeah. Okay. And that probably leads into what you were referring to before with the, the word choice too. So even though they might be showing and displaying those things, it's also what you're saying in terms of maybe listen to what they're saying. And they, are they truly hearing you? Are they responding? Or mm-hmm. so there is a there's a bigger picture, isn't there? It's all about context, as you said. Yes, it is. And um and it's also that it's very important that the body does not lie. Our words do. And then there's a big discussion about what do, do lies mean. But when you say something else than what you feel. Um, your body will not lie. It will reveal how the person feels. So if they will say, uh, um, I don't know, I am uh, very attractive to you and and they never show any uh, body language to Mm -hmm. it, it's really hard to believe them. It's it's not like that everybody who says that is not, not being truthful, but it I, if I would be on a date and somebody would say it and would only look at this piece of my head, I would use that information, like the, the, the business side of your head, I would use that information to ask other questions and see how they react. So I think it, body language, the red flag, to the green flags, do not use them to judge them, to ask questions, to see if the, if it's it's a pattern. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense as to why it's really beneficial for people to maybe get off because we're in the digital world at the moment and many people are meeting people online on dating apps through digital mechanisms so it feels that there's a lot of value to getting off the dating app if you are serious about maybe taking this further with somebody is to move that to an in-person meeting so that you can see some of the congruence between the body mm. language word choice and all of that too because I'm guessing the communication style in a digital world is so much different to how it is in person Mm -hmm. yeah definitely or even uh, on zoom if you can't meet in person (laughs) oh oh, yeah yeah absolutely because unlike me if you see me on video I'm disappearing in and out so you probably can't read my body language too much because one moment I've got one arm and then I don't have one but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, other than that yeah if you can take it to a video call you're still going to be able to get some level of assessment into how everything is working together is it all in harmony is it not so mm-hmm. right you've got more for us oh i got so much yeah. <laughs> i narrowed it down to most uh, <laughs> things that it's not 
as common to talk about when yes. we talk about body language and dating. I thought that would be more interesting. Um, uh, uh, one of the other things is that is a plus when you're the one where you're dating with starts, they call that peacocking. Um, peacocking is showing yourself. Um, yes. And peacocking could be for a guy um, putting up his sleeve so you can see their muscles better. Or um, um, yeah, it, it sometimes it almost makes me think of the animal kingdom. Peacocking is showing yourself, showing yeah. more of your strength. For a lady, for a lady, it could be like taking your hair and and put it on one side of your uh, uh, neck so that the the next side reveals. And this is where pheromones. You, you have the smell again mm. uh, when you show your neck. It's it's it shows a lot of vulnerability, so uh, the other person knows that you are more into them. Yeah, or peacocking can also be just putting your hair yeah. better. Okay, there are different. So that's fair that's enough. Mm. Yeah, okay. peacocking basically means that you do things that you show yourself off and that can okay. be very subtitle in again like putting your hairs in the right way or yeah yeah and that's when you're on the date so already you start to change the things that you were doing so just showing what off okay i like that yeah. one peacocking new term peacocking, peacocking. Uh-huh. exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about the, the, the male peacock here isn't it the one who is all flamboyant yeah okay got that one yeah well we females can also peacock yes and then one of the things is is showing our neck or Mm -hmm. some some women go sit more straight they show more their wounds uh yeah okay i've got that Mm -hmm. um so what um could be a red flag if if you are in a in a date it could be then when somebody starts to use barriers Okay. barriers is um a thing like they gonna uh, sometimes when especially when you like for example you go out on a dinner with somebody and you 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 think you're doing well and then eventually mm-hmm. halfway the the date they start putting things in front of them yes. the phone is a nice example yeah they put the phone in front of them or they take the cup of coffee or the glass of wine and use their arm mm. this is also a bar- uh, barrier so they use things, stuff, um, sometimes uh, arms to create something that makes them feel more distant from you. And that's that's not a good sign. Then you know somebody is withdrawing. Like in, in body language, there are only things, two things people do. They go to something or they withdraw from something. That's kind of the, the, okay. the basic thing. Mm-hmm. If you are happy, if you feel good, if somebody makes you flush your eyebrows, you tend to go lean in, go to yeah. somebody. If you feel uncomfortable, you tend to lean back and mm-hmm. take things to create more distance. Okay. Yeah. So that could also be um, a barrier, for example, if somebody like turns their, their shoulder to you and maybe crosses their legs or they're showing like they're kind of moving back as well yes. so that can be the lower half part of their body too yeah well the most and that that, that was one of my red flags too uh-huh. is i think and that's one of the coolest things you can watch is look at the feet 
the most unconscious part of our body is what our feet are doing. We okay. are not like if, we, if we're talking and you like all these tips. By the way, you can use it in every conversation, not only with dating. So if you're talking with somebody and they um, um, have their feet uh, um, and their feet point to a door or they point away from you, yeah. like the feet points to the place they want to go. So if you would look <laughs> under the table and you were on a date or you were, I don't know, in a pub or a bar, if the feet are pointing to a door to somebody else, the chance is big that the person uh, is preparing to go that way. So it's a big tell. Yeah. Pay attention to the feet. Okay. And then also the change, isn't it? So the feet might be in one direction, like towards you very much. And then suddenly the feet is <laughs> angled out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I love the feet even in, in in when you're talking with a group. So if you are in a group and you think somebody is very interesting and you're kind of doubting if the person likes you too, it's interesting to see what what place the feet are pointing. So even when we're flirting, without, even when we are in a group, engaging in a group, there will be one foot to the person that we're flirting with or who we... Like, so the feet are very cool. It, it shows you where your attention goes. Okay. So if you start to see, because I'm just thinking about maybe a dating situation, because we're not always going to have access to the feet because we might be at a restaurant or you know, a table or something like that. But generally, if you start to see somebody's feet, <laughs> that could be a sign that they are ready to go or there is some sort of distance coming through. That's really, really powerful. Um, well, you can see it, see it under uh, even if you're dating and you're sitting on a on a table. A lot of times, when the feet move, you will see it in the posture too. Yeah, in the torso. Yeah, I heard something. I think it was Paul C. Brunson, and he spoke recently about the direction of your belly button. So ah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So generally, you know, if the direction of your belly button is like pointed towards you, then okay, they are towards you. But again, like you said, if things start to change and the direction of the belly button moves, I just said if you've got an outie, you're going to give the game away <laughs> because yeah. you will yeah. see it moving. But yeah, so that is you can still see that from the upper torso too. Most mostly you do, but it, it's yeah, mostly you do, but it's. It, it is, and you can be more sub, sub uh, like it could be very small, like the feet. You can sit with your belly button to a person, but that again, but also yeah. point your feet at the door. So that's <laughs> kind of the, the, the depending on where you are, probably. Yeah. Um, but, um, maybe then just go to the toilet and then, and then look if you can see, see the feet. <laughs> then <laughs> go back. Have, yeah, I have a look back and just see. <laughs> That's a, that's another great tip. You know, just have, have, a, have a recess, have a time out, and then have a look and see where their feet is when you go. Yes, I'm absolutely loving these tips. Have you got Have you got more for us? Well, I got many, but these were the tips that I wrote down. Let's see. Um, yeah, no, I think um, I think these are very nice. Um, yeah, one of one of the things that I I, I like with the face reading we. Uh, that's something else than body language um, that we like to look at features. And one of the, in the Chinese face reading, um, I, um, I think this fits this podcast, is that 
uh, if you have full lips or you have very thin lips and uh, full lips are more sensual uh, but uh, very thin lips they have a higher sex drive um, because they have more problems in expressing their feelings and so sex can be can be an outlet in expressing their feelings for somebody and where people with full lips uh, um, tend to be more expressive about their feelings and 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 have not that that need because they have other uh, means to express themselves. So maybe it's something interesting yeah. to look at. <laughs> no, I know I know lips. you can go and you can plump your lips, but I don't know if you can diminish them. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I, I need thinner lips. <laughs> One sounds really sounds really painful, but this is just so much wealth information that you're sharing with us here that gives us the opportunity to be able to assess ourselves but then also to be able to read the other person and to read the rooms in you know the way that you said it's not a manipulative way it just makes us more conscious of you know communication and what is actually happening there was something i also heard that i wanted to just to ask you i was listening to i listened to many podcasts <laughs> i was thinking of research no so i was listening to um another podcast by most people know him stephen bartlett and he has his podcast the diary of the ceo and he was talking to a dating expert she's a dating coach and also a behavioral expert and she said that there could be some value behind not sitting in front of a person on a date and if you sit beside them the reason being she's like imagine being on a car journey and some of the most quality, fun conversations we can have is when we are side by side from somebody because it's less intense, there's less scrutiny. And I thought, wow, that's a, I've not really heard that before. So I wondered whether you saw value in that or you know, whether really I, having that eye contact is more important. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I think it's amazing that they, I'm totally on that page. So what, um, um, like a red flag could be if you put how how we call it again if you put something between you like we call it the telephone or the yeah. but a tab a table is also something you create distance with so if you are sitting across to each other we see this a lot with um, in, in business world in conversations where somebody delivers bad news sitting across like you're yeah. sitting across each other. Um, so even in a conversation, if I would if I would go on a date, I would advise not to go and sit across each other, but sit in the angle. If it that if that doesn't make you feel comfortable to sit next to each other, but sit in like sit in an angle, and then you also can move your body to the person, show much more open signals. There's much more connection. If 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 I teach uh, wherever I go. Uh, if um, um, I always ditch every table out of the room, just everybody open, because that makes people, and it, it's something we do unconsciously, but it gives you our elephants the space to sniffle each other much better and to see all the openness and feel the energy of the other. And so if I work with people I in a room, I always ditch everything so everybody's open. And of course, it also has to do with my, teaching style and personality but a lot of it also just this setup of openness yeah. creates 
um, uh, so much faster. Again, that's what I like. That's in the conversation. Yeah. It's so much faster going deep and, and it's much more about feeling maybe between the lines than even reading between yeah. the lines. I so, know. yeah, I would. I, and, and yes, it's true. If you're sitting next to somebody, if you drive or when, when well, I'm, I'm old. So when we're young and we had to do dishes next to each other or stuff yes. like that, that, that were the best conversations. And that's yes. because because then um, you, you it's also because it kind of elim- eliminates a little bit the body language. So you are not that conscious about yourself anymore when you're really next to somebody. I think so. But mm-hmm. so I would do the angle so you can be conscious about the body language. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally see that. I think we have a tendency to sit opposite each other. You go to a restaurant, you get seated, and no. it's opposite, opposite. And that can feel quite intense, especially on a first date, too. Mm. That you are it's an interrogation. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Look into my eyes, you know, yeah. and it, it, it can feel yeah. a, a yeah. bit intense. So Again, mm-hmm. no, another great tip would be to think about how you do position yourself when you are on your date, whether it's first date, second date. And also, if you are already coupled up and in a relationship with somebody, think about your position. You know, maybe you don't have to have a table talk when you are right opposite each other. If you've got something to share, maybe sit on the couch or the sofa side by side so that you can actually create a space where it doesn't feel so intense. I would yeah. say it was a little bit more influence. And it's also, it's also if you sit across each other, there is no, in, it's like, it can be intimate. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's not possible because there are more things that you need to be intimate. But if you are on a couch, like now I'm sitting on a couch and if you would sit there and yeah. I would turn my body here with, uh, with, I don't know, cup of coffee, glass of wine, mm-hmm. it would be very intimate. It's very, it makes um the conversation and the connection much more uh soft more uh, um it it helps you to get more into your body staying in your body staying in your presence and st- instead of when you it almost feels like a job interview when i think when you sit across each other it doesn't have to be but mm. i would i would definitely like uh, if i teach Business people, I teach them to take to pick very carefully the place that they want to sit down. Even when you go into a restaurant, what place do you want to give the other person? Yes. So how how do you? If, it, and depends on what type you are. But if you are more uh, the the extrovert who wants to take the lead, it's it's smart. And you and you dating an introvert, it's smart to give them a, a place that they feel most comfortable. Because when they can relax, they can open up to you. So there is a lot of, well, I think we can talk about this for hours. It could <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, um, I do have something I do want to ask you. It was a case of, let's say, for in terms of body language, and you feel yourself just getting a little bit heated, a little bit wild up, and you can feel yourself getting tense. What's one thing, what's one good thing that somebody could do in that time in order just to, just to relax, really, and to come back into their body? To help them. Yeah, to help mean. them. Because sometimes you might see, you know, you might feel yourself getting flustered. You might feel yourself getting hot and heated. And that will be communicated to the person that you're talking mm-hmm. to. So it's important to bring it back to that sense of calm. What would you say is a good thing 
that they could do? Is there a practice? Is it breathing, for example? Is it actually just walking away from that situation? Well, um, well, I think this is uh, well. This is a big life hack to me. Um, is that using your hands? There are like now I'm online, so you can't really see it. But um, uh, if you well, the belly button. We talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> you got the belly button. Um, um, everything around the belly button. We call it the truth zone. This is also the place in Chinese medicine they call it the hawa. It's the middle point of your whole body. It's the it's 10 centimeters behind your belly button, a little bit down. <laughs> yeah. So precise. Yeah. If you would put a pin in it, you would, could turn around and around and around. But okay. uh, this is this is an energy center in your body where um, you, you create the most energy. So one of the things you could do for yourself, if you feel uncomfortable in using your hands, is just put your hands on your heart for a moment and just okay. be very mindful about it. Another thing is that what I use is I use my, if I am nervous, I'm going to use my hands talking around my hara, around that belly button. We call this the truth zone. This is the truth zone of your body. And you even hear it now. So I start down with my, my voice gets deeper, it gets lower. I'm starting to talk slower. And if you use your hands here, it kind of signals to your brain everything is okay, everything is fine. Because our emotions have impact on our body language, but it's also the other way around. So if we adjust our body language, it signals to the elephant, hey, you're fine, you're fine, you're okay. So just relax and enjoy this day. Okay, yeah. so it's, it's a simple touch, is it? There's a simple touch of you it? Could touch, yeah, you could touch it. Uh, and what if you um, um, want to step up, like if you want to um, um, uh, influence the elephant on a different way, you could, well, if you have to, like, if you're talking, you're not listening, mm -hmm. you're talking because you cannot only listen, then use your hands while talking and use it around your belly button, around mm -hmm. that power. Mm. Yeah. But even like, let's, could we try it for a moment? Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. So um, I would like you, let's start in the passion zone. So we end up in, we are on camera. So we end up in the passion zone very easily. Yes. This is, uh, it's just, it's a little bit lower than your breasts and then all over wherever you can reach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, could you tell me something you think is really cool about body language and then use your hands around your passion zone around it oh sorry do i yeah. put my hand down yeah no, no <laughs> just talk with your hands talk okay talk hands. around it what i really love about that um, about body language is that you can see the power in somebody's eyes now when you talk to them and you see their eyes light up and know that they're fully engaged it just really lights me up because i know that they're listening i know that i'm maybe inspiring them or they feel inspired and that we're going to go into some great deep conversation how did i do perfect Thank you. And now could you do the same um, and then just talk about um, uh, uh, what you think about body language or maybe what 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 is the, I don't know, what, what, you, what is your biggest insight or what do you like? But then use your hands only around your belly button and then use them in a flowing way. So there's not like, pom, 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 but you just talk easily with your hands. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of the 
biggest insights is to have a look at the position of somebody's feet. That's really a telltale sign as to where their thoughts are, to how they feel. And if their feet are pointed away from you or looks like they want to go, allow them to go. <laughs> call, call it a night. <laughs> oh, do you feel the difference? I feel the difference. You're like, amazing. Yeah, oh, am I really? Yeah. No, I, I actually, I actually feel, I actually feel the difference, and I feel so calm in this spot right now, just just moving. Oh, I can feel, I can feel that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like the, this is my biggest life hack ever. So this oh, is you can amazing. use it when you are on stage. You can use yeah. it when you go into a job interview. You and you have to practice a little, or uh, call me and let me coach you a little bit through it, of course. Oh. But um, it 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 is it just tells you are not tense now. So, but even when you're tense, it tells your brain. Ooh, you could hear it in, in your voice. Your voice slowed down. Your voice got deeper. And how deeper oh, yeah. our <laughs> voice gets. Yeah. Um, to, me, to men, by the way, if they... Uh, this is a life hack. This is a dating uh, tip for men. If you lower your voice, we women love it. Because it makes you feel very uh, secure. Like uh, self-secure. Self self-secure, is that a yeah, word? Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, oh wow he knows what he, he he knows what what's like he can take care of me he is safe he is confident confident was what i'm looking for confident yeah. lower the voice yeah. mm -hmm. question then does that work in the opposite effect for a woman so therefore it will benefit a woman not to talk so deeply and maybe to arrange to change the pitch of their voice does that make a man feel mm -hmm. well depends on what man <laughs> I think it depends on what man you like. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a little bit of, little bit of practice no, going on. A high, no, a high voice always, always, is, a high voice shows stress. So um, it's not, you don't have to have a male voice. I, yes. I can imagine if you talk like this, that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that that can be difficult. But then, yeah, you just you need to, to find a strong man who can deal with your power. Yeah. Oh, that is a whole another episode. There's a lovely conversation on social media about that today. So I did a live um, on Instagram today about that topic. So fantastic. I love that hack. I absolutely love that hack. We're talking about love. And I always like to ask my guests as well in terms of, you know, what's your personal definition of love, Anka? What does love mean to you? Oh my, yeah. I got this question on an email from you and I thought, oh my. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. And I, I, it's kind of, to me, it's also very, maybe because I, because of what I do, um, it's really hard to put it into words because to me, love is a bit, is a lot of feeling and showing yes. and less of talking. And then I, I was thinking about my, um, I'm, I'm married for, no, I'm not married that long, for seven years. And I'm together with my, uh, the father of my children and my husband for, I think, 19 years. So we married with the kids. Mm -hmm. They were, um, and I think what makes my love, our love, I think why it works is that um, I am not the same person as when it, 19 years ago he, I'm not the same person he started dating 19 years ago and he's not the same person either like every time 
that we go, walk out of the, the, the front door and go to a job or whatever, yeah. you, you get new experiences and that will impact you, maybe small or little or big. And so to me, love is giving the other one space to to grow and explore and see the world and and but but also come back and and feel heard and and safe and 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 gets the it just gets the freedom to to be themselves and and I even th- thought about the word love because I'm I don't know if it's true but to me love is only a reflection of your self love so to me love is also the um that um you help each other or you give the other one the opportunity to learn how to love themselves first so i think that's i yeah yeah it was a hard question like again i think <laughs> 10 podcasts <laughs> But you answered yeah. it so beautifully because there's oh, no thank you. Yeah, there was absolutely no right or wrong. And what was jumping out to me was that whole creating space for growth and for evolution and for people to be exactly who they are, but then also you know invite them into that space and to go on like a journey together throughout the years. I mean, you've been with your your now husband for did you say nineteen years? Yes, yes, 19. a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 I hope for another nineteen. Well, absolutely, <laughs> or, more. Or, or more. Exactly, that's it. Or ninety, more. ninety, <laughs> exactly. And I would imagine because when I'm talking to a lot of my clients as well, is that effective communication is is key, and there's a lot of ineffective communication. So, you know, everything that you have shared today, Onka, has been so good for people who are getting themselves set up for love for people who are already in a coupled up relationship too everything that you shared can be applied in context as well if you could even take this to your work you now have your business zone you now have your different zones on your face <laughs> you can really start to analyze the situation so much more i've loved every single bit that you've shared with us and it would be absolutely amazing if you could leave the listeners with a Lisa, one key takeaway to help them on their journey of love, life, and relationships. Um, well, one of the the tips that I really like is that you sometimes also have to be imperfect. So you have to be a little bit crooked. If you talk about love and you would talk about uh, sexuality, like being sexy, um, um, we think uh, things who are exciting. Uh, are a little bit more sexy than when something is every it's very predictable and straight so if you go on a date or you go on a date with your husband Mm -hmm. or whatever or your your girlfriend uh, a cool thing is to add uh, uh, to ditch a little bit of the symmetry like it could be an off shoulder Mm non-body language or maybe some women make a a braid on one side Mm -hmm. of their neck or um whatever you can imagine and having a little bit um just not like the edgy leave the perfection uh, Mm -hmm. because the edginess makes you more sexy than perfection so i like the asymmetry in the whole thing 
That is amazing. Now that's a huge tip. Go and do your research as well as to <laughs> what can give you that edginess you know, when it comes to that, because that is such a powerful share. And for anybody listening, if you are a man, it doesn't mean wearing odd socks. <laughs> that might seem a bit no different, but really go for go for that edginess. I love that. I've not heard that one before. So again, that's a great tip. Anka. Oh, amazing, amazing discussion. Thank you so, so much for this. Where can people reach out to you, follow you, if they want to know more about your work or even connect with you? Um, well, they can find me on uh, on social media, uh, Facebook. You can find my name, Anke Lommen. <laughs> Just Google <laughs> it. Or Anke Lommen, face profiling, face reading. You will find me, body language. Um, you can find me on Instagram. And um, yeah. On my website, uh, if you want to talk with me, my I would love to. So just send me a, a, an email and uh, we can figure out a, a, an online meeting. Or in the, I think in eight weeks, we're going to like at the moment I'm living in America. So in eight weeks, we're going to travel back to the Netherlands. So that's going to be more easy also for the people from Europe. So yeah, um, yeah. I think that's where you can find me. <laughs> Excellent. And I will drop your links in the show notes too, so people can easily access that and reach out to you. Of course, I want to thank you again, Anka. It's been an amazing conversation. And for everybody who has listened to this wonderful conversation, I want to thank you for your time, attention and your energy. And until the next episode, take great care of yourself and others too. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, make sure to check out the show notes in the description with all the important links and how to connect with and follow Teresha directly. If you are motivated and encouraged after listening to this, please follow and subscribe to this podcast. Hey, and whilst you're there, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and add a review. We would love to hear what aha moments there were for you. And you know that saying, sharing is caring. So tell your family and friends about this podcast too. So until next time, take great care of yourself and others too.